This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Today we're kicking off the week with Nick Linder. Nick, as you might imagine, has been fishing a lot. We talk walleyes, we talk bass, we even throw in some musky talk. It's all coming up, plus his first ever fast five. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. Look, walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my mercury right in the bag. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me. Cause I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today... Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University it's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, we're checking in with Nick Linder, who, uh, of course, is has is been in the fishing game for a long time. Uh, Nick, we talked uh, last year, but for, for those who are new to the program, listening over in Alec and Wadena and some of our new areas and on the podcast, wherever they might be listening, uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, great to be on. Good to chat again. Um, yeah, I, uh, my name is Nick and I like to fish, <laughs> but no, I, uh, I live in the Brainerd area and I fish for a lot of different stuff with, you know, kind of multi-species with probably more of an emphasis on walleyes, I would say more than anything. Um, but yeah, I kind of like to do it all. Walleyes, bass, muskies, uh, ice fishing definitely holds a special place in my heart. Um, I've been doing fishing media for a really long time, and you'd probably recognize people that I'm related to. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine we probably would. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you do a lot of uh, media. In fact, as we're talking, you're coming close to me uh, from the Brainerd area to the Bemidji area to do some some work uh, over here. So, um, you, you get on the boats with some really good anglers, and and basically, what do you do? Interview them, uh, film them in action, all of that. Yeah, kind of all the above. Sometimes they'll let me fish with them every now and then, too. I get to wet a line. But, yeah, no, it's uh, basically like a, like a lot of what I do uh, on the content side. I have a personal YouTube channel where I post things, um, fishing-related content, uh, educational stuff. And then uh, I also create a ton of content for Northland uh, specifically. Okay. So I'll get in the boat with a lot of their uh a lot of their different promotional guys whether it's you know 
Rosedahl or Hawthorne or Joel Nelson, uh, you know, some of the Petersons, of course. Uh, Will Poppenfuss is someone I'm going to be going and fishing with here soon. I'm on the road at the moment, so... Um, so that's kind of a cool gig. You get to be in the boat with some really good anglers. That's a that's a that's got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's uh, honestly it's something I've kind of been able to do for uh, most of my life. So um, it's something that I've kind of uh, enjoyed and appreciated because uh, you know one of the toughest things about fishing is just confidence, right? So I remember when, uh, like, some of the, like, when people were just starting to use, like, jig and wraps in, in, during the open water period, during summer and whatnot, and there was just always folks who would say, oh, I've been hearing people are catching this on them, but um, I tried it a couple times, and it just doesn't feel right, and I just can't do it. But, like, when you're going out in the boat with people who, like, really know what they're doing, and, uh, you know, whether it's fishing different baits or fishing different situations or, you know, like if you've never fished for crappies in the fall, it might, it might seem like an ominous thing to do, but then you go out with a few different people who really know how to do it and you kind of see systems and you see patterns and, and different things where it's like, you know, a lot of the best guys aren't just like going out to a spot and casting, you know, they're finding fish and, it's cool to be in the boat with a lot of good people because you get to see what they do. I think one of the things that I always uh, heard people say is, boy, you all, you watch those fishing TV shows and those guys drop a line and they got a fish in about two minutes. I can't get, have that happen. Um, <laughs> that's not really what happens, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. It's uh, I, I really struggle with that. I think it's it's a tough deal because, you know, if you're talking about a fishing video and someone clicks on it and what are you just, you want to watch someone just like cast and cast and be like, oh man, I don't I don't think they're here or whatever. And then like just for an excitement level, you know, it's like, let's get to some action somewhat quickly. But, you know, how do you communicate to other people that like, hey, this isn't necessarily easy. And we've kind of been looking around for them for the last three and a half hours and finally figured out what they were wanting to bite and I mean, if you haven't fished a lot, then, like, you might look at all this media and be like, oh, well, I'm going to go out and try this. Like, this looks somewhat easy. Like, they're just out there cracking them, and they're catching big fish and whatnot, and they might be discouraged when they go out in the water and don't catch them. Um, and that's, you know, it's tough. I don't know where the balance is with showing the struggles and uh, and or just, you know, showing a lot of fish catching, but... It was uh, it was actually interesting on that topic. I did a 30 days in a row uh, ice fishing and and shooting it and putting videos online. And uh, yeah, just inevitably there's going to be. I think there were like two two days out of the 30 days that I didn't catch fish. And it's just like some people are like, oh, this is you know cool because you're showing some of the struggles. And then you have the other people who are like, oh my word. Uh, really, you're going to post a video without fishing it? I remember when fishing shows had fish. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I, I, I can tell you, fishing with all these really good people, there's some days where it's like it's a grind and you just maybe catch one or two or maybe zero. Yeah. So it's definitely a thing, even with the best anglers. So don't be discouraged. 
Well, I know, you know, I, I used to golf a lot more than I golf now, but I used to, you know, watch, uh, you know, a golf tournament and say, oh, that, you know, just pluck it up on the green, nice putt. You get out there. No, no, it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> so. No, definitely not. Uh, well, fishing is a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy fishing, but uh, I talk about it uh, on, on media like you do uh, way more than I actually do it. But you actually get to be out there on the scene with the type of media you do. So how often are you dropping a line uh, when you're out there or do you have to keep your hands on the camera at all times? Uh, I would say that I'm definitely fishing at some point okay. during any any of the shoots, basically. Because, you know, I mean... Ultimately, like, I'm trying to highlight these different guys and, uh, you know, give them a lot of the limelight and whatnot. But, uh, you know, sometimes we're just trying to get some fish in the boat, you know, because maybe we've been out for a few hours and we haven't caught anything or we've caught two. And it's like, man, we could really use one or two more fish for, for this piece. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely fishing it, and it's going to depend on, on, you know, what the situation is. If it's, if there's a few guys in the boat, I might, I might fish less, um, but if it's if I'm just out with like another guy, I'll probably fish the whole time, um, and then you know I have GoPros set up and pick up the camera when when uh, they catch a fish or something. So, okay, well, um, I know you like to fish when you have a chance uh, without the camera as well. So, how has fishing season been for you this year? Uh, it's been pretty good i would say overall i would say the spring was really good uh the bite has been kind of uh, you know in the brainerd area like there is it seems like a lot of our stocked walleye lakes are kind of starting to pop off pretty well right now populations are pretty high and the bite is fairly decent um and like i know a lot of the fishery like you guys have some really fabulous natural fisheries uh, up in up in your neck of the woods, uh, but pretty much all of our our fisheries are stocked besides Malax. Mm. So it it really we're kind of truly at the mercy of kind of the effectiveness of the stocking. Um, as, as far as walleyes go, I should I should preface that uh, walleye specifically. So the walleye bite's been pretty decent, um, and then you know like we had the standard spring panfish deal. And then re- recently the bite has been slowing down, but, you know, we're also sneaking up on August here. Uh, right. Or depending on when this when this goes out, maybe we're in August. I'm not sure what the delay is, but, uh, you know, it's that time of year. We're definitely uh, right here in the dog days and water temperatures are high and and the fish tend to get a little bit more lethargic. But, you know, it's, it's one of those deals, like if you're a walleye snob and it's got to be a walleye, it's just going to be tougher um, and you got to change your presentations and go to where they're at and find find the active fish. But uh, like you know, if you're more into chasing bass or, or or anything that's willing to bite, like seems like bass, especially largemouth bass, is you know summer. It's like action all summer long. So it's all just uh, about what you're looking for. And yeah, the bite. But the bite has been pretty decent overall mm-hmm. in the very very recent. You know, last week or two, like it's, it's, we've seen a noticeable photo. We have a lot more to cover with Nick Linder, including his first foray into the fast five. This is Toby Kavaliva. All of us at LOA are proud to make Kev Jackson sound smart. Sort of. This 
It's Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Chuck Hassey, Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Nick Linder, my guest, he's been fishing walleyes in the Brainerd Lakes area, bass and much more as well. We were talking about walleye slowing down as we went to break, but if it does have to be a walleye and you're going out walleye fishing right now, where, where are you going to start and what are you going to have on the end of your life? Uh, So the hard part about walleyes. It's funny, I was actually just shooting a piece with one of my buddies, and we are just talking about, like, location. Well, the hard part, like, I can't say, like, go here, because <laughs> it's just not necessarily a thing. The problem with walleyes during the summer is they're kind of everywhere. So in spring, they're kind of up shallow, and in fall, you know, depending on, I guess in fall, it depends on where the forage is. They might be very deep, or they might be up super shallow, um... But with summer, they could, uh, in the summer periods, like, they could be up shallow or in the mid-depths or down super deep. So, for me, it's just kind of about, like, looking around with your electronics, and you don't necessarily have to have crazy fancy electronics. Um, if you have side imaging, that's a bonus, but even if you have 2D sonar, you can just drive around and just look around and see what you can see. If you're seeing more fish that are out in the 25-plus-foot range, you know, that's really going to be a super prime uh, situation to have, like, a live bait rig with a leech or a uh, puppet minnow or something like that that's going to fall really fast and kind of elicit a reaction strike. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, if they're more in that mid-depth range, maybe right around the weed line, you know, you might be trolling uh, crankbaits if they're out suspended off off of that break as well, like crankbaits, obviously lead core would be definitely a thing. And, uh, yeah, if they're up in the weeds, you might be running like a bullet sinker with kind of uh, either like a spinner rig or kind of a slow death setup. Uh, you could also be rip jigging. I mean, I'm kind of doing everything. Uh, one tactic that I will use everywhere that's very, very effective that you don't want to overlook is just like a simple bobber with a leech. So that uh, that catches them so good. And I think some people have the stigma that, oh, man, bobber fishing, like that's for kids, that's for panfish. But it's like maybe maybe the best, maybe one of the best ways to catch a walleye uh, kind of all year long, you know, whether they're in a good mood or a bad mood. You know, uh, you've got your gems there that everybody knows about, gull, whitefish chain, um, you know, malax, obviously, for, for walleyes. Uh, any particular lake, though, that's been particularly good this year? Uh, I would say all the lakes you named have been pretty good. I mean, it's they're all, like, not amazing right now, um, just because it's the summer deal and you're kind of getting into the slow times, but... Uh, yeah, all of those lakes are good. So 
Malax has like it seems like it has plenty of fish in it, but there's there's like an incredible amount of forage. So getting bites on Malax has not been super easy. I was out there yesterday and we caught a few fish, but well, yesterday it was also a tough boat control situation with uh, how windy it was, and you know, like pulling pulling uh, spinner rigs was not like a super great thing when the bait is bobbing like three feet up and down as you're trying to go and whatnot, and it was tough to keep speed, but I guess now I'm just ranting. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, some lax, there's a ton of forage in there, so sometimes it's been tough to get bites. Uh, but, you know, of course, like, it was, like, pretty darn good in spring, um, mm-hmm. for whatever that's worth. Uh, not as much anymore, I guess. So, um, and then, yeah, like, gull has been really good. Uh, walleye numbers in gull are, like, incredible right now and yeah where uh in my neck of the woods like in catch a walleye i don't even know like which one which place i would pick for sure right now but gull is definitely right up on the list um and the whitefish chain is 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 super great too so populations are good there as well and if you're kind of keyed in on maybe some of the the more uh popular locations or if you have some favorite spots out there like you can probably catch some fish right now but we've had a lot of uh different walleye leagues on a lot of these lakes that i just talked about recently and uh you know the weights have been down definitely i would say within like i don't know the last three weeks or so we've been seeing some of the weights coming down and maybe only like half the field catching walleyes and stuff like that and i you know maybe that doesn't sound so good up by where you guys are at but around uh, my neck of the woods, Brainerd, like, if half the teams are still catching fish, like, that's, uh, that's pretty darn good for Walleye League, at least. Oh, I, I would say that's definitely the same here. Um, you mentioned muskies as well as something you like to go after. Have you had a chance to go muskie fishing this year? And overall, what have you been hearing up there, over there? Uh, so I actually have not muskie fished yet this year. Uh, but I, I've been hearing that July has been very, very crazy good. And that the fish are super fired up, biting super good, and uh, I've I've been hearing that from a bunch of different guys across the state, um, and I'm definitely in touch with a number of them. But yeah, lots of you know Minnesota's an amazing musky lake, uh, and that kind of northern Minnesota area is kind of just absolutely prime prime uh, musky area, musky waters, and in, in there. Uh, so that's what I've been hearing. There's been a lot of controversy in the muskie world lately with uh, <laughs> the main uh, tournament organization, the PMTT, just banned live scope uh, very, very recently. So that's kind of my whole Facebook feed is just filled with muskie, muskie banter right now. <laughs> so it's been kind of an interesting, interesting distraction lately. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I can look at the outside in, and I've uh, I've discussed it with a number of people, and there's, you know, very different schools of thought, certainly. Um, I think the biggest controversy, more than anything at the moment, is just that the decision was made in the middle of the, of the tournament season. Um, but, Dad, this is something we'll have to talk about for a while, not just with muskies. These, this equipment is getting really, 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 really good. Yeah, that's... That's definitely true. I it, I have a hard time with all of it, with the muskie thing, because I think just like anything, it's like politics, right? Like everybody has got some points, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what side you're on. 
but uh, it's uh, with the musky deal. Like the problem with muskies is the fact that when you have a fish that's that big and that territorial, um, like guys are like throwing at the same fish twenty times, and like this fish might not want to bite, but when you put a bait in front of it enough times, eventually it's going to snap. So, and, and another thing too is like, it's easy to keep track of muskies, right? Uh, if you've used live scope, mega live, any of the above for walleyes or bass, like you might get a couple throws at them before they just kind of swim away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like walleyes and bass, like they're just kind of moving and cruising. And that muskie is like, well, like this is my point, you know, and I'm not going anywhere. And so you can just throw at them until they bite. So I can understand, like, how some people might not like it ethically. Uh, on the other hand, like, no major tournament organization has uh, outlawed any type of electronics, really. Uh, so I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of factors. And I have never seen so many, like, five-paragraph, <laughs> like, comments on Facebook. Like, I've, there, I've probably seen, like, a thousand of them in the last 24 hours. It's so serious, they actually had to go to their computers because you can't just thumb five paragraphs. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they had to put down the phone for a second. Wow. Well, it, you know, it's it's passionate stuff, and I, I, I always say you can't really put the genie back in the bottle. And I was talking to, um, uh, I can't even remember, I've talked to a number of people about it, but one of the comments I said was, look, I know that I shouldn't spend all my time on social media. It's not maybe the best, but I go on social media, and there's no going back. And it's kind of the same thing with technology. Once it's here, how do you not use it? Yeah, I I don't know. It's uh, It depends on the context for sure. I think one situation where, it's, where it can be pretty brutal with, like, the live scope deal specifically is guys – you know, they'll see a fish down in 30 feet of water or whatever, and it's like, well, that's a muskie. You know, what if it's a really big one? That'd be kind of fun to catch. Or, like, if you're fishing a tournament and, uh, and you know, the fish is in deep water or whatever, barotrauma is going to be an issue, and $20,000 is on the line. It's, uh, it's kind of a tough deal. Like, you kind of have to put the genie back in the bottle because, uh, you know, there's probably a pretty good chance that you're going to kill a fish if you pull it out of that deep of water. And, you know, it's it's interesting with how much pressure we've gotten over the years. Like, a lot of these muskies are really, they're just staying out in open water more often than, than not, especially some of the biggest fish in the lake. And, yeah, it's just, it's pretty tempting to uh, try and make a cast at a fish that you probably shouldn't. And so... I don't know. It's one of those deals that if you don't put the genie back in the bottle in those situations, we're just going to have a lot less muskies when it's all said and done. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I don't think that there's anything uh, necessarily wrong with chasing them around on, you know, in the weeds and making a few casts at them. And it's, it's a cool tool. And it's like, even if you never saw a fish on it, like, it's a cool tool for identifying, you know, where weed lines are and different boulders and making precise casts that, at structure and cover. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The genie's not going back in the bottle unless there's some sort of something from the DNR or something, but I, I can't see that happening. We'll wrap it up with Nick Linder next, including his first ever Fast Five. I'm Bro Rosedale, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. 
Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. I'm Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Nick Linder is my guest. One of the big topics in the fishing world has been technology, and we were discussing that as we went to break. I think that musky anglers, actually Minnesota anglers in general, are pretty good at self-policing and pretty good at ethical practices. But musky anglers in particular, knowing how fragile that uh, fishery can be, have been really front and center about, uh, you know, kind of policing themselves. And so I presume, uh, you know, we're just going to have to count on them to continue to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's really kind of a phenomenal, crazy phenomenon (laughs) where uh, so many of the musky guys and gals that I know are incredibly, incredibly uh, conservation-minded. And I know a lot of the guys, you know, they might use a little live scope or, or, or none of it or, but you know, like a lot of the guys won't pull the fish out of the water to take a photo or to measure it. Cause it's, you know, at different points, especially at different points of the year, the fish can be really fragile and like overhandling is just like a surefire way to kill a muskie. And, you know, they're not making a lot of muskies. So <laughs> yeah, ideally... <laughs> Ideally, you want to keep them around as much as possible. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many photos I've seen online of dude of a dude being like, I caught this same fish yesterday, or I caught this fish yesterday, and I, I caught this same fish like two years ago, and then another year before that, and then, you know, like six years ago before that when it was 42 inches. And you can tell because it's got this one mark on it and whatever. So it's uh it's pretty crazy how how much like we can reuse the resource if we if we handle it properly and musky guys are definitely super in tune to that whole yeah. concept. All right, Nick, um are are you uh familiar with the Fast 5? Uh uh no, I'm not. Okay, the Fast 5 is our way to learn more about Nick and any of our guests. We fire you uh, five quick quick questions, and you have to answer them. Okay. Are you I ready? Answer them quickly. Well, you you don't have to answer them quickly. You can think, but they're they're fairly quick questions. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Fast five. <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think I know the answer to number one because I think you alluded to it earlier. But number one, what is your favorite fish to catch? Oh man, favorite fish to catch. This is gonna like sound like a curveball, but I would say probably a lake trout, maybe. Oh, that is a curveball. I didn't see that yeah. coming. <laughs> they're, they're just so fun. Okay. And how often do you, do you get to do that? Not very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not as not as often as I, as I'd like to. All right. Question number two. What is your favorite fish to eat? Uh, favorite fish to eat. I would say the most delicious fish, for sure, at least if we're talking about kind of the whole freshwater deal, uh, would be a yellow perch. 
Okay. They, they, those are delicious, yes, especially, uh, especially during ice season. Uh, Most certainly. Question number three. Moving away from fishing for a moment. What is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, my favorite movie of all time would definitely, most certainly, be the Lord of the Rings series. Oh, okay. Well, a videographer would, would really like that. It's pretty amazing yeah, work done. Yeah. I think, I think my 12-year-old self kind of fell in love with all the whatever fighting and and yeah, so anyway. Okay. No, no. That's a good one. And uh, question number four. Are you a coffee drinker? Uh, no, I, I've, I don't think, no, I've never had a cup of coffee. I've definitely tried it or whatever. And I remember thinking it was gross when I was a child and I haven't. I, I keep on telling people I'm saving my coffee tolerance for when I'm a little bit older and I need it. <laughs> okay. Well, then that uh, that eliminates question 4A. We don't even have to ask that. Well, where do you get your caffeine, then? That'll be question 4A. So I actually have been kind of sneaking into the caffeine game recently. I've been, uh, every now and then, if I if I uh, am out fishing, like, extra late, or I need to, you know, I put the kids to bed and I need to get some more work done on the computer or something, I might uh, crack one of those bubblers. Which is kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it's got a little bit of caffeine in it. All right. Question number five. Hard water or soft water? That's a really, really tough question. I feel like most sane people would probably say uh, soft water. Because hard water is some form of kind of self-torture to some degree. (laughs) But uh, I think that I'm going to have to say hard water and that's just because i just love the whole visual uh visual aspect of watching the fish it kind of goes back to some of the live live scope mega live kind of conversation but i just love watching the fish react to the bait and to me that's uh that's pretty cool it's like it's like figure eating a muskie uh next to the boat but every time sort of kind of but maybe slightly less exciting well, congratulations. You are one of only two people now who have said hard water. Can you guess who the other one was? Brian Brosdahl. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> you, you are the only two. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I think everybody I know would pretty much say open water, but I just have a weird, I don't know, I'm just a weird guy. <laughs> Well, Nick, listen, if people want to watch some of your videos, some of your uh, cool things you're doing out there, uh, you mentioned the YouTube channel, so how do we go about finding it? Yeah, if you just go on YouTube and you could search one of two things if you want to find like a lot of content that I'm making, you can either uh, type in Northland Tackle, and that's where I've kind of been making a bunch of videos with a bunch of different folks hopping in the boat, sharing good information, trying, uh, it's, it's, it's a... Uh, Bait Manufacturer's YouTube channel, but I try to make the number one focus uh, just delivering good info, first and foremost. And then uh, the other the other place is like if you just type my name, Nick Linder, I also have a YouTube channel as well where I kind of do some other stuff of just me kind of running around and fishing or uh, or just you know sharing some sharing some different info or anything like that. So those are the two places, uh, either my personal YouTube or Northlands. 
All right, he's Nick Linder. Great guy to have on the show. I had fun with him today. Nick, thanks for taking the time. Truly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I definitely enjoyed it. Well, speaking of Mr. Coldmiser, Brian Brove-Rosedahl will join us later this week. we got Jason Rylander on the show this week as well. Nick Sicala is going to join us. And Carl Adams is going to help us get a bike going up north. Just some of the folks you'll hear this week on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you very much for being here. And, of course, thanks to Nick Linder for taking the time. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>